Welcome to Can You Say Mama, a podcast by two first-time mamas offering unfiltered opinions on motherhood, relationships, lifestyle, and all the things in between. Hi, everyone. Today is a very, very exciting day because we have our very first guest on the pod, and it's someone who has been there to support countless women during their pregnancy journeys and who we got the pleasure of meeting during our own. Uh, So she's traveled the world. She's had kids of her own. She's a birth photographer, doula. She's currently going to school to become a counselor. Is there anything this woman can't do? So please welcome to the pod, Candace Stock. Hi, Candace. Thank you for being here. Hello. Thank you. We're so excited to have you here. So excited. Give me that intro. That was really nice. (laughs) You're worth it. (laughs) You are very, very impressive and... um, you are currently, well, you were a doula, yeah. correct? correct. So now you're currently working on your master's to become a counselor? That's correct. Amazing. And you have three young kids. Yes. I don't know how you do it, honestly. honestly. Like, I have one and can barely make it through a day. <laughs> and true. I'm on maternity leave. Like, <laughs> That's true. So um, for anybody who doesn't know what a doula does, can you please explain to us? Yeah. So a doula is basically uh, an extra support person, um, but, but more so focused on like your pain. So we are there. Well, actually, I take that back. We are helpful with your pain, but we're more so your birth therapist per se. So we are there to support you mentally, physically, um, but we are not there to do anything medically. So we cannot even take a Doppler and listen to your baby's heart rate. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that's outside of our scope. So we would push you to do that with your midwife or right. go into the hospital to do that. But um, we are still there as like your sounding board to be like, hey, I feel a little bit off. What should I do? And then we can kind of give you a great like insight as that's pretty normal or maybe it's time to go get a second opinion. So we're support during pregnancy, during birth, and postpartum. So you actually could hire a postpartum doula as well, which I never did. Um, I think because I didn't want to be up at night. <laughs> but did you not find yourself up at night anyway? Being well, that's true. But then, you know, like once you leave from there, I'm like, I'm, I've retired. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I don't blame you. So then your clients would hire you, and then yeah, when they go into labor, they just. Yeah, so the way it would work is I would have a contract, they would sign it, and once they sign the contract, I'm available for them to kind of reach out um, through text or email up until 37 weeks, and then 37 weeks, I am available as in I'm on call, my phone's on all the time, till they go into labor, and so um, at that point, you know, it could be any time of the day when you go into labor. Uh, and then you're on call until the baby's born. That's crazy. So you can't really plan things for like, what, three, four weeks? Yeah. Even? Like it could take, yeah, when somebody goes to 41 weeks. Yeah. yeah oh, and then wow. how is that managing different clients? Because obviously you wouldn't have just one client at a time. Yeah. 
So do you block off? And like babies can come whenever they decide. There's one day, especially the full moons. I remember I had oh, yeah. three. Full moons, we need to talk about oh, that. yeah. That's such an interesting thing. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. go ahead. No, yeah. I had three clients go into labor at the same time. And it was no like, way. it was a panic moment. So I always have had a backup doula on call. Oh, yes. um, okay. And so for a while, I even shared um, a calendar. So I would do four days on, four days off, four days on, four days off. And then we would just be on call the days where... Or like backup on the days we're not on call um, for those situations. So if someone, some few people were to go into labor at the same time, I always had a backup to call. Now, how do you manage that with having kids of your own? Like if you, if you're the one at the moment, um, you know, in care of the, taking care of the kids and say your partner isn't available or family or anything, what, what do you do in those situations? So I have a very supportive mom who's also retired and oh, so nice. she was on call all the time um i think this is why doula life isn't the most like um long lasting career because when i'm on call everyone's on call so yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough my husband's on call my mom's on call my kids are gonna wake up and not know if mom's home uh so it does put everybody like when i'm working everybody's working so it it is very stressful for most people um, and I think that's kind of what led me to kind of step back for a little bit. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So what exactly, or when did you decide to make the move into, um, counseling and what kind of counseling are you getting into? Um, that's great. I, you know, I feel like I've been counseling since I became a doula because, you're basically a therapist in the room and yeah, makes sense. yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on and not just for moms, you know, it's like I hold space for dad, you know, and, um, sometimes I'm texting the mom as they're wheeled off to, or like the grandma as they're wheeled off for a C-section and they're like, text my mom. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of like balancing a lot of people's emotions. Um, yeah, and as you, tough. yeah. And as you both know, like, um, there's a lot of emotions postpartum and there's a lot of, yeah, uh -huh. it's wild. It I was not expecting wild. that. And I didn't really realize until I was so far out of it. Yeah. How like crazy it actually yeah. was while I was in it. Yeah. You know, like I knew there was like how I was feeling and like the fluctuations just so emotional and all those things. But now looking back that I'm like, what, four, almost 15 months away from it yeah i'm like wow like yeah because there know. would be times where i would just like look at her and just start bawling oh. and sheldon would All come in sheldon would come in and be like what's wrong and i'm like she's just so cute yeah and that's why i would be crying yeah. like it's, it's like just, i love her so totally. much like, like it's just, it's my heart is crazy. exploding yeah. yeah yeah and luckily those are like positive emotions and yeah i don't think either of us dealt with any depression no. uh, following no. which i i consider like to be you know I'm very so lucky thankful about for that. that yeah but even those like overwhelming love i remember that this um uh, they called me who would that be who called after um, um fraser birth it, it wasn't Fraser birth because the Fraser they, health Fraser health called. Yeah. Because they didn't realize I was with Fraser birth. So they didn't need to call anyway, but they called me and she's like, Oh, how are you feeling? Like, are you emotional or whatever? And I was like, I am so emotional. I was like, I'm crying all the time. But I was like, I had to explain to him like, but it's happiness. Like it's just overwhelming love and joy. And just so I'm like, I, I don't need to worry about like, yeah. you know, and is that considered even like the positive, emotions after birth is that considered baby blues as well like just being that emotional in general um i would say more so it's just like so when you deliver a baby you go through the most 
like the the biggest change of your hormones in your whole life. Yes. So more than so when crazy. you get pregnant, more than when you go through puberty. And so I would say more so like those happy emotions are just the change of hormones. I wouldn't say it's actually baby blues. Baby blues, you're actually more so like your perspective is like, I love my baby, but what have I done with my life? And just yeah. kind right. of feeling right. like this like this weird sensation of like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know if this is what I wanted. Um, and that doesn't last very long. And if it does last longer, that's when we kind of look at postpartum depression. Um, but I am very happy to hear that you guys didn't have to experience this. Yeah. Very, very grateful. I, I, I wasn't sure I had like some history of depression in my family. Um, my grandmother suffered with it really badly. And so I didn't know I've never experienced it, but I just didn't know like what was going to happen after birth. So I was like a little aware. Yeah. Um, Well, and they make you hyper aware too. And they do. It's almost, it's, it's almost like they're not trying to scare you, but I remember like all of the like pamphlets they would give you on purple crying yeah. and, and all of that and be like, if you feel like you need to hurt your baby, put them down and call us and make sure you have all of the support and everything. And I'm like, is this just like, it, it's just, it's crazy. Like, right. And I would say though, like, I think because you guys are so well educated and aware of things that could potentially come your way postpartum. Um, I think that puts the, it's, it sets you apart and, you know, maybe allows you to focus on the joy rather than being like, oh, no, what is this emotion? Um, I think when people aren't educated and then they are faced with like, oh, my gosh, I have this weird feeling. What's wrong with me? Then that kind of sets them down a spiral. Whereas, like, you know, if yeah. you kind of are like, oh, I know that this might happen. I'm going to like kind of take that thought, squish it and move on then I think that can protect you a little bit more about baby blues. Well, one of the reasons we were so well educated was because of yourself, actually. So you came and did a private class for us and explained everything that was about to happen. Um, And I remember you showing us the different... Um, layers or when you have a c-section oh my gosh that little like flap and i was like nope nope not doing that no 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 yeah um just terrified like, visual of that and then of course i find out like a couple weeks later that i had to have a c-section and it's just like all i could think of was that flipping thing and all the layers that they were going to be going through yeah um but that was really great we, but we were have, super prepared that time for it yeah we were you know we learned a lot from you and you took a lot of extra time i think with us because we had so many questions and just like talk and i'm just yeah. like our our partners had questions and stuff too. So, um, that was great. So speaking of baby blues and all that, is that the counseling you're going into to help women now post? Yeah. My, like my main focus is perinatal mental health. So, um, in the stages of like pregnancy, you're still as susceptible to getting, not getting, but like experiencing, um, a lot of struggles mentally, physically, emotionally and so I myself wasn't until my third that I experienced depression during pregnancy also at the peak of COVID um so maybe we were all like that at that point but well that's important too to say that just because you haven't had it yeah your first couple pregnancies doesn't mean you're immune to to getting it totally and it was in future ones yeah and I was more so like expecting like even as a doula I had been a doula at that point for like five years I was more so aware of like postpartum depression, not prenatal depression, right? And so I was definitely caught off guard. Um, What kind of like catapulted me into going back to do my master's in counseling is 
um, often I leave the birth room and, or I will leave like a postpartum like appointment. So I'll meet with all my clients once or twice after their birth and just kind of like debrief and see like, how are you doing? Um, let's do as much as we can talk about the birth. Um, but it's at that point when I like walk out that door and I'm like, the, this mom has so much trauma to work through and she has nobody to walk her through it. Mm. And that was the point where I was like, somebody needs to do that. <laughs> like I have, you know, so much experience of working with moms through some of the hardest experiences of their lives and the most joyful ones. But I just felt like there's something more that I need to do. And um, apart from like the time, like, you know, my schedule can be scheduled and I don't have to be on call for my kids anymore. Um, it's yeah, definitely, that's huge. yeah, that'll be change, like change our family dynamic. And I think, I just think that there's not enough therapists in the perinatal mental health, um, part of the world. So I, I know it's like, I, I've started and I have realized how daunting it is and how little research there is done already. Um, and so, yeah, there will be a lot of, uh, questions coming up of like, what am I going to focus on? Will I focus on birth trauma? Will I focus on, um, the identity of a mom as it changes after you have a baby or who knows what? I just know, like, I remember sitting in my class during our first class and just crying and being like, this is exactly where I need to be. Like, this is That's amazing. amazing. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I feel like it's not talked about enough. And it's just, there's a lot of support while you're pregnant yeah. from doctors and, and everyone. And that's for people who also have supportive partners. I couldn't imagine going through it by oh, myself or doing no any way. of that. Yeah. Um, but then they kind of, you get your appointments up till six weeks after you have a baby and they just kind of drop off and you're like, who's taking care of me now? And yeah. like, it's such a huge time in people's lives. And there's, I'm sure every woman has moments of questions and reflecting and everything. So that's super important. All of that work that you're doing. Yeah. And how rewarding too. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's it too. You know, yeah. I think that like sitting with someone and as watching them kind of process, like, how much is out of their control and as they like learn to let go of the outcome of their birth um is such a like a beautiful thing to watch unfold you know as they kind of like take their birth experience and own it a little bit and have confidence in it and be proud of like my body did what it could and you know it didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen and and that's just like you know like one percent of what birth trauma could be because it's so subjective but um, yeah, I would say you're right. It is rewarding. Yeah. yeah. And with your, with your own story, I remember you telling us before that you kind of overcame your birth trauma. Was it your second born that, um, you had a little bit of birth trauma with yeah. and then your third birth was just really beautiful and kind of redeemed the whole process for you? Yeah. My first was induced. It was long. It was 48 hours. And that's what kickstarted me and wanting to be a doula because I was like, that was so cool. It was super empowering. I want to be part of births without it's having to say that because when I had Brooklyn, I was like, if I were to do another career and like race it over, like I would really consider maybe getting being a midwife or yeah. something like that. I, I just find so much interest in it. I love it. I love the process. I love just like supporting women and babies and all of that. Like I, I found it really empowering in a, in its own way. And I just, I, 
I love it. Like, I just love everything about it. And of course, there's a lot of like, um, you know, I'm sure like struggle with it as well. You have to deal with people in some pretty bad situations. Yeah, and it's not all positive. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it's funny you say that because I kind of had the same like, you know, like, wow, what a what a cool thing to do. I'm not going to be switching careers at this point, but um, <laughs> and and the hours and things like, you know, your kids, the same thing with midwives, right? You know, yeah. they're on call all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting that you said that cause that's exactly how I felt mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, it is. But anyway, please continue. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, that's okay. That's nice to hear. It is definitely like most, not many, I would say not everybody feels it's empowering. Right. So it's like yeah. It's yeah. encouraging <laughs> to hear that some people are coming out of it, still feeling like super empowered. Um, I felt, yeah, like after the first one, I was like, that was incredible. I want to be part of birth forever without having babies forever yeah. <laughs> and, like, and right after one another. And so my undergrad was in counseling. My friend is a nurse and she was like, you should be a doula. That's basically a counselor in the birth room. Um, and so I'll talk about that after, but then I, yeah, I, my son, he was, um, I was induced with him too. So my first, I was 13 days late with him. I was nine days and I was begging to be induced because I, yeah. I couldn't even imagine. I was, I was a week, early, so I was a week I late and was like, get this baby. <laughs> well, I was 10 days and then it took like a few oh, more okay. days for her to be born. Yeah. And so with, oh, with my son though, I was like, I can feel he's bigger and I am done. Like I'm so done. Yeah. Plus chasing after a toddler. I was like, this is, this needs to end. Um, so I was induced with him again. Things happened really fast until they kind of like came to kind of a scary moment where they were like his heart rate's dropping and it's not coming back up so we need to like get you into the OR as fast as we can having been a doula I think in that moment was not on my side because I I knew things were happening that shouldn't be happening um yeah. so I can be like you, you knew too yeah, much right? situation yeah. that is the thing yeah you were too connected you knew too much yeah, yeah I know and I wish I could have just turned that part of my head off and my brain and my eyes and not watch the monitor and, and not listened. And um, so I understood everything they were saying. I was watching this, the monitor and I was literally the one being like, we need to get him out. Like not me making the decision before they did, but I was like, absolutely, let's go right now. Um, we were, I was like signing papers as we were going down the hallway um, and I it imagine was, you knew all oh, the nurses and doctors, right? Cause you were working at the hospital. Yeah. I knew yeah. everybody except the people in the OR, but actually one of the ladies in the OR, um, is a friend of my mom. So I saw her and I was just like, yeah, yeah, it was really nice. So he was coming out facial presentation. So typically you want your baby kind of facing towards your back and the top part of their head coming out first so that their head is kind of tucked under. Um, or like chin tucked to their chest and he was coming out like with his face first. So he was just like yeah, looking that's forward. How, that's how Gray was. And they got her almost all the way turned around. Oh, wow. And that's why I ended up with a C-section because I tried to push her out and she was not yeah, having it. They don't budge. No. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it, then he came out, uh, he was born, he came out crying, thankfully. So there was nothing, um, like long lasting trauma for him. Um, and then, you know, after being awake all night, laboring all night and then having him at like five thirty in the morning, not sleeping that whole day, not sleeping the next night, uh, really set me up for like a lot of birth trauma or like, so postpartum depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. I was at home. My husband had only taken five days off work, but since we were there for a C-section, 
we were there for about three of his five days. So we came home and he was home for two days before he went back to work. And you already had another child. Yeah, and so she had just turned two. Very supportive mom came she by did. to help you. <laughs> Good. I was like, how else are you I doing? You imagine. Can't, you can't even lift your kids. Totally. No. I remember sitting there crying, being like, I don't know who to feed first. Do I feed my toddler? Do I feed my newborn? They're both crying. So, like, oh, who's the most important hard. in this? Like, like you're hi. triaging every moment of your life. Yeah. yeah. Right. Having to worry about a toddler. Right. It's aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. When you're trying to recover, too, from yeah. surgery. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then um, we got pregnant with our third. We had a miscarriage in between. And after that, I was like, oh, that, that was really hard. Do I want to have another kid? Yeah putting myself up for that opportunity to have a miscarriage. Like, I don't know if I, is it worth it? Like, I know it's worth it. But so anyways, it took a lot of like healing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We got pregnant with our third. And I remember being like, oh, like going back and forth between a V-back and a C-section. As a doula, I felt like this pressure of like, oh, I need to prove that I can do a V-back, which is a vaginal birth after cesarean. Um, and I was just kind of fighting this inward battle of like, need to prove it. I need to prove that this is the way women work. Um, and then it was my husband. He's like, who are you proving? Like, who are you proving it to? Like, Mm -hmm. there there is a pressure though. There is. Cause even like, I'm not pregnant right now, but I'm thinking like, if I had another one, do I go that route? And that's even now. Like she was born. Yeah. Cause when it was one of the things that when I was leaving the clinic that when the doctors asked me, like. Do you think if you had another one, you'd have a V-back? And I was like, I don't know. Oh my gosh, am I, should I be thinking about this? Yeah. You know, like I feel like it would have to be a game time decision. I know it has to be a little bit before that, but I think I would need my whole pregnancy to process. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like take that pressure off. Like you don't have to have that figured out yet. And like, um, even for me, I was like going back and forth for so long um, I remember going in at like my 32 week appointment and I'd be like, so it's kind of important we talk about game plan. Like, what are you thinking? And I was just like, I don't know. All I know is I don't want to have an emergency C-section. So if I can do anything to avoid that, then I'm going to do that. And they were like, okay, well, let's see why you had a C-section in the first place. It was his position, but he also had a massive head. And I was like, yeah, he was a big baby. He was like nine pounds, three ounces. Uh, his head was like 35 and a half centimeters, which I don't know if that makes sense to everybody, but for (laughs) me in my head, I'm like, yeah, that was a big head. Um, and so they were like, would you be open to having like another ultrasound? We can check on baby's weight size and then you can make the decision. And I was like, absolutely. How accurate is that? May I? How accurate? So they say because I've like, heard that it's not really yeah, that I, accurate. I asked my doctor the they same thing. They never did it for me. They but. never did it for me. Um, they just like do your fundal yeah. and all of that. But I was on like Facebook pages for pregnant people or new moms or whatever, and all of the people in like the states were saying my baby's measuring at eight pounds or whatever. So I had asked my doctor because I'm like, is this common? Like you've never done this and. Yeah. Yeah. So all women carry differently. So like you can, you hear those stories about moms who have babies and they didn't even know they're pregnant. Um, I don't understand why? I know that exists, but it's wild. Yeah. Ow. We need to find, if you are one of those moms, yeah, please, we want to talk reach to you. out to this 12 hour episode. Just yeah. like deep dive. No, totally. So many questions. So those ultrasounds can be a pound different. Uh, so they could, your baby could be a pound less or your baby could be a pound Okay. bigger which is a lot which is a lot in a tiny little baby yeah yeah so 
I did the ultrasound about 33 weeks. Um, we went camping in Oliver. I don't recommend doing it 33 weeks in the summer. <laughs> yeah. um, but my doctor called and he's like, Candace. And I automatically knew. And I was like, okay, tell me. He's like, your baby at 33 weeks is measuring as 39 and a half weeks. She's already oh, wow. six and a half pounds. Um, so like, it's up to you. And I'm like, no, book it. Book the C-section. Yeah, like, no I know based off like m- the shape of my pelvis, the size of my baby, they don't typically fit if they're like that big and I know like I'm not a medical professional but there as my you know my I am in I know my body you know I know myself I did not want to allow myself to kind of have the opportunity to have an emergency c-section and put myself Mm -hmm. in that um that's how I feel too yeah so I booked the c-section and um she came out uh, 39, no, 38 weeks and five days. So about 10 days early and she was nine pounds, seven ounces. Wow. wow. And you were so <laughs> thankful you booked that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and the I doctor, bet. the nurse came out and the nurse is like, they took her to measure her and the nurse is like, her head is 40 centimeters. Oh my <laughs> and the doctor, oh he's goodness. like, can you go remeasure? Like, I've never seen a head that big. Can you please remeasure? And she's like, we already measured three times. And he's like, okay. Wow. Not, also not something you want to hear, like, <laughs> as they're taking your baby out. Like, yeah. I've never seen that before. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. No kidding. That's an inside voice thing. But it was definitely confirmation of like, oh, that's I made the right choice. Sure. I made that yeah. was a good choice. Yeah. Um, and then postpartum, because I knew when that baby was going to be born, I was able to be like, you are not starting your holidays until the day she's born. Yeah. Yes. And you are taking at least three weeks off because we have two older kids now, not just one. And I want to enjoy my last baby. So I would sit in bed all day, the, like the sun streaming through with my iced coffee and my popcorn and my baby. That's amazing. That's amazing. Nothing better. Yeah. Oh, nothing so better. It, it ended on like this, like really, really beautiful postpartum journey where I, I felt like it was really redeeming. The birth was redeeming. The postpartum experience was redeeming. And she was just like a unicorn baby where she would just eat and sleep and yeah, like didn't awesome. cry. And I was like, it was like, it's almost like a trick baby though. Cause you're like, Oh, we can have like more. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's how I feel about grace. Some days I'm like, she's so good that like, right. do we go for another one? Oh, because that's just a whole I, other can of worms. I'm Brooklyn sure. Is so good as a baby and she's still really good, but yeah. she is a hurricane. Like she has energy upon energy upon energy, this child. And I, so like I, the older she gets, the more I'm like, mm, let's just wait. Like let's wait a little longer, a little longer. Yeah. Like I need her to maybe calm down. Be more independent yeah 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 Yeah, that's so true that's cute so did when you were um going through your pregnancies and did you have a midwife and can you tell us kind of the difference between what a midwife does and what a doula does i think people get confused a lot yeah so i actually went through absurd maternity group so they're a group of doctors that's where i went to yeah um i was pregnant when we moved back to absurd from saskatchewan so I was with an OB in Saskatchewan, moved. I had no idea anything about anything. All my friends who had had babies before me were like, go with Abby Mac Group, you're going to love them. 
uh, instantly fell in love with all those doctors and the way they cared for me and listened to me. And I think probably because most of them are from Saskatchewan, that kind of helped because they're like, tell us about where you lived in Saskatoon. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, So I felt really connected there. Um, I then helped, uh, or like Mary and Laura started Fraser birth. Um, Laura is the midwife. Mary is a doctor. Yes. That's where I went. Yeah. And, um, then they asked me to join on as their doula coordinator. Um, and so that's where I like kind of just like was for two years and just taking on a lot of clients and teaching the prenatal classes. And, um, so the difference between a doula and a midwife though, is like, I, I know I kind of touched on it is we don't have any medical say. So we, um, like we can't tell you anything about your medicalness and your baby and the health of your baby. And, um, we can help you with like, Hey, I'm having a hard time sleeping at night. And we'll say, Oh, that's great. Like, welcome to the club. But we wouldn't say that because it's not very nice. Um, more so be like, try magnesium or this or this. Um, midwives and doulas do work really well together if we are like staying in our scope. Um, I would say like the part I'm a little bit worried about is when doulas don't stay in their scope. Um, and they kind of do a little bit too medical type things or suggestions and stuff like that, where I'm like, you're going to get in trouble. Like you still come back and bite you. Um, so just don't, just don't do it. Just don't do it. (laughs) So we work really well with, um, midwives, with nurses, even with doctors and, and OBs, but, um, the midwife approach is a lot like a doula approach where we're there with you. We are very like chill. We're buddy, buddy, um, just really supportive. So as a doula, are you able to advocate for your client or do the midwives and the doctors need to hear what the client wants or their patient wants from them directly? That's a good question. So we advocate for our clients in the fact of we want everyone to be really well educated and have really good informed consent of what this means. So like, this is your birth. These are your choices. If someone comes in and says, you need to have an epidural, you need to know why they say that. And you need to know that you can either ask for more time or ask for a reason, or you can say no, but you need to understand first why they want to do that. Um, they do want to hear it from the client first. So I would say a lot of our job is like translation. So a midwife or, I mean, a doctor or a nurse might come in and say, Hey, we want to start oxytocin on you because you know, you're not dialing fast enough. Your water's been broken. We need to speed things up. And then, you know, mom looks at me and be like, what? I don't get it. And then I could kind of be like, the longer your water has been broken, the more chances infection. We want to speed up labor so you can meet your baby quicker before kind of we need to kind of go into a C-section or something. Um, so a lot of the job is translation. Um, so they would prefer to hear it from mom. Often if the mom is like in her own world, that's really when I encourage dads to be like having these conversations before you go into the birth room so that you can answer. So I would say even partner, not even just dad. Um, I really encourage them like, this is stuff that you need to be talking about so that, you know, if she's in labor, when they ask her what hand they want her IV in, she can't answer. So you can answer for her. So I've had moms be like, yeah, put it in my right hand. Or they'll be like, what hand are you? She's like, I'm left-handed. And the dad's like, no, you're right-handed. And so like even (laughs) things that you don't even think you wouldn't be aware of when you're in labor, the partner is really key. So they will kind of 
look to the birthing mom and then they'll look to the partner and then if both people are kind of like incapable of answering then I think a doula could step in and be like we've discussed this and her plan is to you know have this and then this if possible right and then would there be any times where you may not recommend having a doula because I think a lot of people have misconceptions that like if they know that they're having a c-section they don't need a doula but is that true yeah I was thinking about this I think it's pretty subjective um I would say if you're having a repeat C-section, your need for doula is a lot less. So a doula in this case would be maybe more helpful postpartum when you're in back in your room trying to get your baby to latch. Um, you go home and you're up in the middle of the night being like, oh, like I'm hurting. What should I do? A doula is great. Uh, she wouldn't be able to come into the OR with you. So that kind of part, you've been in a C-section. She can kind of meet with you before remind you how C-section works. She can go up to the doors of the OR with you, say, see you later. I'll meet you in your room when you come back. Set up your room nice for you. You can come back, debrief with her. She'll like help get you up walking if you want to, showering, all those kinds of things. Um, So I've had moms hire me as repeat C-section clients, but um, that's more so just their personal style of wanting that extra support. Um, but other than that, I would say there's no situation where a doula isn't needed. Like a doula will always find a job. And I would, I would always say like, um, wouldn't you rather have a doula and not need one than be in labor and then realize I should have had a doula? Like, yeah, yeah. Sure. And I think a uh, factor as well as who is your support person yeah. who's there with you now yeah if you know your support person's going to be panicky yeah, yeah totally. not the energy <laughs> yeah. that you need like my my um my cousin's husband he the whole time like my other cousin was there with her because he was looking out the window the whole time right. he couldn't yeah he couldn't watch totally um so you know but i think they didn't know that until they went in like right. it was just too overwhelming for him um, everything that was going on. So I guess in like a situation like that, she did have as another support person, but, um, I guess, yeah, you don't really know until you're doing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Now in situations like we had COVID and they were only allowing one or two people in a room is a doula considered one of the support people. So if you were only allowed one person in a room, would it be like, it's either the husband or the doula no. situation? Yeah. No. So the doula is like a, we're considered part of the birth team. Oh, so okay. we are Perfect. considered like the nurse, the right. doula, the midwife, we are categorized with them. Okay. Now, is there specific, do you have to be registered with the hospital as a doula? What kind of certification do you have? Like, or could somebody just say, oh no, that's my doula. Like they were their best friend who's their support person. Could they, you know, appoint their own doula and have that person in the room? Or do you have to like, yeah, have those um, be actually registered with the hospital? They know who you are. Mm, That's a good question. So before COVID hit, you could technically be like, oh, here's my cousin Cash. She's my doula. Um, And they would be like, sure, whatever. That's totally fine. Once COVID hit, you needed to be registered with what we call the DSA, which is provincial. So a provincial kind of um, category that makes sure they know you have been certified. So you have to like hand in your papers you pay and they give you a badge to wear. Um, so during COVID, you couldn't enter a hospital without wearing that badge. And so it kind of allowed them to really understand like, oh, okay, she's serious. She's a real legit doula, not there just to like bend the rules or yeah. something, right? Yeah. Um, 
after COVID, they're a lot more relaxed about it, um, but they would still recognize that badge and be like, this girl knows what she's doing. Like, they're not just going to let in anybody into the DSA. So um, they'll kind of, you wear your badge in and then just, they know, they know, okay, this person's legit. She's not going to just fool around. And Yeah, because what does the schooling and training look like for a doula? Like, how long, like, it's not like you just go online and get certified to be a doula well yeah so before COVID again it looks very different to post COVID um when I did it I did um a weekend it was just a weekend at Douglas College through DONA so DONA stands for doulas of North America so it was Canadian and American and they offered it at Douglas College it was three full days from like nine till nine it was super exhausting Um, But I think it's one of those things you have to learn in person because you're practicing with people because you're going to be working with people. So how am I going to learn how to do this like pain relief position if I don't actually practice it? So um, I did it um, through Douglas College. During COVID, they shut down all in-person training and everything went to online, which I kind of think is ridiculous. Um, And still a lot of it is online, which is unfortunate because... Again, you're working with people. You need to learn how to yeah. be doing this with moms. Um, and also one of those things that like you can be a great doctor, for example, but that doesn't mean you have bedside manner. Yeah, yeah like you can so ace all the tests you, need, you want. Yeah, yeah you need you to totally. be the worst person exactly. to be in person with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And so the weekend training I did, it's all in person. And then you have things to do to be certified. So you still have to like attend a certain amount of births, get the doctor to sign off or the, a nurse. You have to do um, like papers. So you have to like review some books, write some book uh, reviews. Um, and then when I was doing it, you really had to talk about your philosophy of what a doula is. So um, I talked a lot about like the support and, you know, the the personhood of what I, Candace, bring as a doula as opposed to what you might bring as a doula. Um, so it's a lot of like behind the scenes training and I think people really need to know like what they believe in birth before they get into it yeah how many do you know how many births you've been a part of yeah I would I was talking to my husband about this I'm like it's over 300 wow yeah so you must have a like memorable story or a funny story or anything that you can share so I was trying to think like um I don't I feel like I don't have a ton of like funny stories. Yeah, I guess birth isn't that funny to be honest. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not no. funny, but I mean my husband will make anything hilarious. So I'll like find a funny moment. There there's a, there's definitely memorable ones. Um like yeah, I I think the the funniest things that happen are like miscommunication. Um one of my clients, she was in labor. And she looked over at me and what I heard was laundry. And I was like, huh, okay, well, interesting. And then I just didn't know what to do with it because I'm like, you're in labor. What are you talking to me about your laundry? <laughs> but then like eight hours later, she's holding her baby in her arm. She's like, it's it's Audrey. And I was like, Audrey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought you were saying, like, saying laundry. <laughs> and so I was like, those kind of things where I'm like, oh, that is so funny. And she, we'll still talk about it like a few years later and be like, remember funny. laundry. Um, and I think like, I think the funny things that happen are just often because dads are nervous and they'll say or do things where I'm like, you know, like that dad will come down watch baby coming out and i remember dad like grabbed me by the arm he's like what is that and i was like 
that serves your baby's head. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. I'm like, no, did you? <laughs> um, so it's just like little cute things that happen that are like in the moment, like, oh, my gosh, that that was needed to like yeah. lighten the mood. Yeah. yeah. Have you had dads like pass out? Uh, yes. <laughs> and I've also, imagine? yeah, I, it's, so there's, there's been, um, a lot of, a lot of interesting dads, I've, I'd say, um, where I think sometimes my job is to the dad, you know, like mom's doing fine. She's laboring good, but I need to focus on dad right now to make sure that he stays alert to meet his baby. They need like dad doulas. They totally like you can focus on the mom and then some other doula comes they're in and they're like, yeah. 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 They're like, okay, stay calm. Like you're about to meet your child. Yeah, totally. If I notice that they're getting a little bit like woozy, I'm like, have they eaten? Have they drinking? And maybe it's time to head up by mom's head, not stay a little lower. Sometimes I'll also tell dads to like put some, bring some like Vicks or something, peppermint, no, maybe not peppermint oil, something smelly. Um, to put under your nose at a certain point because birth does have a smell mm. and you're probably not going to like it. So if you're able to just put that there. Yeah, that is interesting. interesting. Yeah. It kind of. And kind you know, of like, like how that would be one of those smells for the rest of your life. Is yeah. That a trigger. Totally. Yeah. 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 That's very interesting. I, I am proud of some dads who are very aware of what they're going to be like, though. And so I, I remember one dad who was just like, I'm just going to like sit over here in the corner. Like I am. I, I will pass out if I see anything I will probably throw up if I see anything um so even at the point of like cutting the cord he was still not capable of like coming over to the bed which um fast forward for their second birth she was like that's not happening you gotta like be there for it um but I was like okay this is your first time this is okay we'll let it slide but the next time like you can come be by her head. <laughs> so I'm not doing your job all the time. I would have killed Sheldon. Like, <laughs> he's not that person, but if he was, I would be like, I don't care. Like, you, do you see what's going on down here? Like, right. no, you can suck it up. Right. Do a lot of the partners, the male partners, did they, um, like, go down and, and look? Or do they, most of them, are, like, don't want to see if you had to? Um, you know what? Most of the people who say they won't do. Yeah. And so it is. Would you let Tyler... Like yeah. if he wanted oh, yeah. to, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you'd be like, it's I don't fine. Care. I honestly, when I, I was either, like, but... as we were saying last time, like there's no shame when you're, you're, right. you're in labor giving birth totally. or whatever. Like, um, and I mean, it's like, it's my husband. I don't even see it at all. Whatever. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, what is it? And he's, he's funny. I actually thought like that he wouldn't want to watch the C-section because he's weird about certain things like he'll his dad was a doctor he loves like right. all that like he loves surgery all those kind of things but because it was on me and also he's weird about getting um like, like a, needle. a needle on himself or like watching and once he, like, he didn't even like to watch me get a needle yet he loved watching me get cut open always like pulling brooklyn out he watched the whole thing he stood like he loved yeah, it. Yeah, Sheldon was the same way. Like standing up, and the doctors were like, "Are you fine? Are you wow. gonna be okay?" And he was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I'm fine." And yeah. he was just living his best life. Yeah, just wow. watching everything. Yeah, yeah. watching your wife get cut open, and then yeah. like this. Baby he just he out loves like it though. Totally. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the times will be a lot like the care providers in the room will kind of be like, "Would you like to see?" And they're like, "No, no, no, no." And I like it when I'm I'm there too because I'm like you might want to see like you might look back later or think back later and be like oh I kind of wish I looked and so a lot of the dads who do will be like come back to I remember Ryan looked when um on our first baby and he came back like came back as in like stepped back up to my head and he was like 
I can see her like don't stop pushing and I remember like I'm not gonna stop pushing (laughs) but it was like for them it was like wow like your body is incredible like they understand right they know baby's coming out but for them to like see it it's really like almost empowerful for them too empowering for them too because they're like wow you really can do anything like that's incredible yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I wouldn't care. I feel like it might get weird, like, if you poop while you're pushing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they want to see that, but, but I don't know. I know. I've heard, though, that they're very fast. They're like, so fast. Yeah, moving totally everything, everything out of the way. Yeah. Totally. You wouldn't yeah. even, like, most dads don't even know. Yeah. Tyler told, apparently Tyler told Mary, because um, she was in the OR with, um, with us, and uh, he's like, if she poops, like, just don't tell her. And I was like, first of all, I don't care. And also, I'm having a C-section. Does that yeah, happen like, when you have a C-section? Just, Is it because I'm, like, frozen? He's just like, terrified. Like, no control in my bowels? Like, I don't... You, no, you, don't, it, you yeah. don't poop in C-section. I didn't think so. But then uh, he told me... He's, I was like, he just told me that recently. I was like, you said that? He's like, yeah. I was like, first of all, I wouldn't have cared. He's just looking out but for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Mary was probably like, okay, Tyler. Totally. <laughs> yeah, pooping happens sure. when you're pushing. Yeah. yeah. And usually we say if you're pooping, you're pushing properly. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Man. <laughs> oh, Tyler. Leave it all hilarious. on the table. That's hilarious. <laughs> so if you could name like your top three tips for moms who are going through this, what would they be? Going through labor, delivery. Yeah, like the whole thing, like becoming, pregnancy yeah, or even pregnancy, just mom labor. Because you're a mom of three. Yeah, please tell us everything. Yeah, <laughs> give us the inside scoop. Um, I think like what you two have is like special. So I feel like if you can find... Uh, like a community that that is that is as free of judgment as you can get then I think that's the number one thing if you have a friend if you have a cousin if you have somebody who's kind of in the same life stage as you that is like the number one thing that is going to get you through like the nursing strikes the middle of the night feeds the diaper blowouts of like this diaper isn't cutting anymore what kind of brand are you using um and and beyond the oh my baby is weighing this much how's your baby weighing you know like beyond the fact of like we don't we don't care how much your baby weighs because your baby is thriving but in order to like carry you through those hard days you have somebody um and I know that's hard to find so it's it's sometimes a lot of work to kind of find that and to put yourself out there and be like hey I know we don't know each other very well but I could really like value a friend right now um so that's hard to do, but there are mom groups within Abbotsford that we can kind of um, push for, you know, more. Yeah, I do see that a lot in those mom groups, actually. People being like, you know, I'm a single mom. I yeah. have, I'm really lonely. I have a two-year-old. Like, any, any moms yeah. want to meet up. And I think it's really is, great to put yourself out there. That's yeah, because it's hard to find like, friends as adults. And, yeah, very lucky. But it is, it's hard to find friends as adults if you're not established somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And, like, if you don't want to put yourself out there, that's a great way yeah. to do it. For sure. Another thing I would say is education. So educate yourself as much as you can about everything, about breastfeeding, about postpartum, about like C-sections, about everything that you can. Read as many books. Be aware of where you're getting your information from. Not just like, not just mom groups, right? Like make sure it's like um, a source that is reliable maybe backed by science about, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't have a C-section because this and this. Well, who's saying that and why? Um, So I think that education is key. It can also prevent a lot of, like, trauma because you're educated. Um, It can set you forward in in healthy aspects. 
Um, the other thing I would say is like, it's just so hard because it's not something you can go out and like buy, right? Like I can't yeah. be like, hey, Cass, go buy like, trust your gut. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. That would be great. Yeah. Right? You know, Someone like, needs to get on that. Yeah. And so it's like, you are in charge of your, your body. You're in charge of your baby. You're, you're the best person for that child and you're the best person to make decisions for yourself. So I know it's really easy to be like, oh, but these are the professionals. They should make the decision for me. Um, but they don't live in your head. They don't own your body. They have no idea what's going on. So if you do feel like maybe a plan C-section is going to be really, really beneficial and healing for you mentally, physically, then that's a great idea. Yeah. So um, trusting your gut even when it comes to being a parent, right? Like, you know your kid better than anybody else. That's one thing that, like, I found I think the most surprising was how much even when Brooklyn was just like a newborn, like, and she couldn't really communicate, but like how much she did communicate yeah. what she needed and how you just know. Yeah. Like, it's wild. How like, just like teach instinct you. just kicks in. Exactly. They just teach you. You and figure it out. And like, this is what she wants. And you kind of like figure out the routine. And of course, as they like move stages, those things change. Right. But you just learn along with them. Yeah. Like, like it, it, I found that really interesting how yeah. I just felt like, Okay, of course there were some things I'd be like, Google, like, am I supposed to this? Or how long can the bottle sit out? Or whatever yeah, it is, you yeah. know? Um, but, yeah, they the way they teach you how to be a parent is crazy. Yeah, like, well, it's such I feel an like, instinctual thing. I love it. Yeah. yeah, I feel like, too, the time that we're in now where information is so accessible to people, like, you can just Google whatever it is. So there's so much information that you almost just have to like take a step back and be like okay I'm not going to google anything like yeah. what does this baby need why do we need it in this moment yeah. like because if you go online you're just going to drive yourself crazy because right. everything contradicts it itself so yeah, you just have to, have to trust your gut and just go with yeah. it and I would say like that's one thing I would say not to do is like like step back from your phones you know and mm -hmm. it's so easy when you're like your baby is a brand new baby they're nursing you're sitting there like I'm bored. I'm going to go on my phone. But you start scrolling and you're going through social media and you're like, oh, this mom's breastfeeding journey is really easy and that sucks. And it makes me feel worse and it makes me sad. Um, and even if you're not thinking it, you kind of inwardly are like thinking it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that has a huge play on the rest of your day and the next day and you're the rest of your feeding journey. And so social media can be a really great tool if we utilize it properly and we kind of connect with people and we use it for information but it can also be one of like the most detrimental things to know you have a brain tumor and yeah. you know your life is yeah. over yeah <laughs> it's know, wild just, yeah yeah totally or yeah i mean you probably feel it too because you're like in the community and yeah. you can see things happen and you see people come in through your doors and you're like i feel like this mom could just use a hug but who am i to like hug them you know yeah, yeah. If only they had a little bit more of community and maybe it's just a little too much Instagram. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Blessing and a curse, Instagram. Yeah. Man. Totally. It's awesome. just like use it properly, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for so being much. here today. We really appreciate it. Oh, this yeah. has been awesome. Do you, wanna, do you th need to add anything, do you think, or... One thing I, mean, I was going to add is that you're also a birth photographer. Yeah. Like you have, we're so many I know, we hats. We didn't even cover we that. We didn't even cover that. No, as we're talking, I was like thinking, oh my gosh. So you've even, you've even been to even more births than what you yeah, were as a doula. Do you still do that? 
Um, so with school, I am not on call as a doula because I can't miss any class. Um, I have one birth booked in December and I'm like, uh, it's just kind of funny because I'm like, don't tell anyone. And now I'm just telling everybody on this podcast. (laughs) So it's, uh, it's kind of funny, but I also just can't stay away because I'm like, uh, similar, you know, you have experiences too of like, they've been trying and they've been waiting and it's always been like this thing we've talked about of like, yeah, when you have your baby, I'll be there. And now they're pregnant and it's just lined up so perfectly for me to do it on my break over Christmas. So um, I'm excited to do that. But um, the photography side is I used to do weddings. I did weddings oh, as, okay. um, for like seven years and I ended up like just not loving it anymore because it would take up my whole Saturday. My whole Sunday would be like wedding hangover and I'd just be tired and it's just like the same kind of day over yeah. and over and over and over. Whereas birth is like just so exciting. And it's like, I have no idea what image I'm going to capture. Um, and they're all different and they're all unique. And you remember how fuzzy those days were of like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And now they can like look back and be like, oh my gosh, that it is. There, yeah, there she is. remember that. Yeah. yeah. That moment. And things that I, you can't see yourself. Right. Obviously you're yeah. Or like, in. yeah, capturing yeah. the partner's face is yeah. like one of my favorite things to do because. You will never look at them as your baby's coming out, but then you can look at this in a photo later and be like, oh, babe, you were crying? That's yeah, so awesome. That's like, awesome. I wish I had a birth photographer. Are, like, they're not, are they allowed in the OR? They're not allowed in the yeah, OR. So. What yeah, I... Before and after. Well, you would have got the pushing. I, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so no one needs you to see that part. No. What I do sometimes is I give the dad a, like a crash course on my camera, and then I'll be like, if you feel confident enough to bring this in with you, you can. If not... Just pull out your iPhone and I will edit your photos oh, for you. That's oh, nice. that's amazing. So that's really nice. then yeah. it's kind of cohesive yeah. in the pattern of yeah. everything. Oh, that's great. And uh, people are saying to a lot of like advice I got from a lot of people were to take videos. Yes. Yes. Take vi- more oh, videos totally. than you do photos. Yes. Um, because that it just captures the moment a little bit. You know, you can really exactly. remember that moment. You can and see like their I have a video of like and... the first time I held Brooklyn and I just like sounds they make as a newborn like they don't make those for a long time no they don't do it it again i know man yeah yeah. oh my gosh so are you booking birth photography still or is that Uh, kind of part of like your doula service i would usually lump it with my doula services um because you weren't doing enough (laughs) 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 um i will still do like photo shoots on the side like families or maternity or newborn because i can schedule those right Right. it's just like the uncertainty of when your baby is being born that i can't do yeah Yeah. so sometimes if it's a plan c section i'll go in and offer what's called fresh 48 photos so you can get them within the first 48 hours and you're still at the hospital um and those are really nice too they're like super 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 postpartum right yeah you're like my squishy tummy uh, and yeah. you, your chunky baby still all swollen and so cute. Amazing. Oh, you are awesome. a woman of many talents. Yeah. So just lastly, um, when will you be done your counseling journey? When are you going to be starting that? And do you already have something lined up where you're going to be? Are you going to be a first birth? Yeah, plug yourself. Where can the people find you? If you want the people to find you. Yeah. If you don't, then don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, so I literally just started in this September and it's a two-year program and okay. it is a non-stop two-year program. Oh. So it goes through the summers. I will graduate at the end of summer 2025. Um, and then we walk the stage in November 25, which feels so far away. It will be here before you know it. it. Yes. Yeah, it totally will. Um, my focus in school is perinatal mental health. And so after school, 
I want to be plugged in somewhere working with pregnancy postpartum moms. So I don't know what that looks like, where that looks like yet, but um, we'll have to have you back. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have <laughs> yeah. you back. Yeah, sure. update you in the journey with all the things I'm learning. You'd love to. It's been yeah. so nice chatting with you. Thank yeah. you so much again yeah, for thank being here. You. I really appreciate you taking your time out of your very very busy schedule. And I'm sure we, it's a nice break just yeah. in between your days too. <laughs> Hanging out with moms is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Adult conversations. <laughs> and we wish you the best with your schooling and everything you have coming up. Yeah, thank you so awesome. much. Thanks again. Thanks. Okay. And um, thank you guys for listening. If you don't mind giving us a like, follow, share, rating, whatever you want, just be nice. We don't need any negativity around here. Nope. And you can follow us on Can You Say Mama Podcast on Instagram. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.